Old school Paul, new school Justin. Man, y'all still going to school though. <laughs> Sit down, listen up. Father, son, y'all think it's just another one. Fade the Vader, they be grading players, all it's done is Made the piper pay me, and they've been grinding lately Up late, hit the waivers, don't hate the player, hate me It's just a game boy, never gifted one on Christmas Instead I asked for ships to hit everything off my wish list Check the litmus, do y'all really not get this? Hit this triangular shape button, I don't want you to miss this but I guess that's really none of my business Me risky free, cruise with pollen, Justin, just listening Yards after contact and catch, that's a lot of distance The kind of info make me wanna blow opponents' kisses But I gotta be clear, there was one key difference Relationship is deep in this vent of ellipses Like how Justin agreed to washing all the dishes I'm just grateful Paul turned the miss into the missus Father, son, pie, get down on the get down If you don't get it now, then get, get out Father, son, pie, sit down and get rich now if you're not feeling it now then get get out what's up everybody welcome to the father son fantasy football podcast my name is paul my name is justin and you've seen this guy on twitter doing the videos he's over there using the quan edge he's out there grinding the data he's out there tweeting all the tweets you need to know and that's one of my best friends in the industry d bro what's going on derek what's up derek <laughs> What is going on, guys? I, I know we've talked about this. We've been trying to get this lined up. And it, man, doesn't this feel perfect? This is We're awesome. at the precipice of the NFL season, baby. It yes, is week are. time for the preseason. Right is. now, Hall of Fame time. Right. Let's go. We are recording this on the 31st of July, and tomorrow is the Hall of Fame game. Here we go. I don't even want to watch it, kind of, because it's just like, oh, I'm watching football, but it's it's not the same, and I'm just going to tease myself, and I don't want that, but I will be watching at least the first quarter. I'm, it's just preseason does suck, because I, I hate, like, you know, you're almost, like, grimacing every single play. Like, don't get injured, don't get injured, don't get injured. Well, they don't play a lot no. in, the, in the first few weeks anyway. Yeah. I'm hoping See, I, I, um, I put this more kind of like the, the guy that's uh, – the absence makes the, the heart grow fonder. And I don't give a shit. Like it's football. <laughs> it's I turn on the surround sound. Like I got the the hot wings and everything. Mm-hmm. Like I'm playing. Like this is like this freaking Super Bowl, man. Like the first game of the year. Every single time, I got the drinks flowing, and it is time to go because football is back, and there is nothing better than that. That's right. Yeah, that's the secret thing. You. you gotta have the drinks going for this preseason yes. stuff. That way, you're more amped about it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that. Well, the fourth quarter, you're like, I don't even give a shit. <laughs> Good. I mean, I cannot believe it's August already. I mean, everybody's going to be doing their drafts this month. I mean, it's going to be here before you know a regular season. Yeah, so. It's not that far away. T.Y. Hilton jersey giveaway was just done. The winner will be announced on Twitter. You can go check that out over at FatherSonFF. My Twitter's at JustinFSFF. And where can they find you, Derek? You can find me at Debro underscore FFB. I'm on Twitter. Um, I, I probably never leave. I'm like 7-Eleven. It's always open. <laughs> it's always open. And That's definitely awesome. some good quality tweets, you know. So the and guys did good coming in for the jersey. We got a lot of response for the jersey. Got some more five stars. Maybe doing another one soon. We're going to well, stay. We'll, we'll see what happens. But we got something in store for our listeners later on. And uh, the listener league is going now. We got five people in right now. So we're, that's get that's going to gear up here. We're going to fill that up here in like two, three weeks and, and get ready to go with that. If you guys do want to play against us in the listener league and also some Scott Fishbowl champion, you know, like Stompy. I mean, I guess, you know, he's okay at NC football, but he's in it too. If you guys want to play against us three, and then you got the man who makes all the scrolls for the Scott Fishbowl who uh, won it last year. He's defending his title in it as Tyler Belosky. So you got going against all of us, just in the description below, there's a little tiny sign up like forum thing. It takes like less than five minutes to fill out. So. Might as and well all just, the, and the money goes good for charity. Yeah, it's good do, for the kids. You do decide to donate. It goes to uh, charity. Fancy you guys have been that. doing that pretty good. So yeah, so it's all hats good. off to them. Yeah, and then, yeah, I would say any charity league that people can get in this year. I, I I know myself. People keep asking me like, why the hell are you keep joining more and more leagues? And I'm like, look, like every single, I will never say no to a charity league. Like I've got a draft coming up for an autism awareness one. We just finished one for Data Force. Uh, which I'm playing for St. Baldrick's, which gives uh, money to pediatric cancer research. If anybody can ever, and I, I'm echoing everything that Scott Fish has been putting out there constantly, if you can figure out a way to turn your league to get part of your your buy-ins, anything for charity, do it all freaking day. Like There are so many things that this industry and fantasy football can do for the community, for other people, like that. that the impact that, a game inside of a game can have is 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 absolutely amazing actually 
Absolutely. Yeah. It's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. So go fill that out, donate to charity, and it get, helps you uh, have a higher chance to get into Western League, too. So you mentioned about people having something to prove, and you got preseason, you get to see these rookies finally take that first step of action, real NFL action. And then there's this rookie out there. And I mean, I guess he's okay, but. Some people say he's behind Mike Davis. And, you know, you got to fear Mike Davis. You know, this guy is going to hear. So, David Montgomery is just a guy, apparently. And then you got Mike Davis there, you know. So, you got Derek on the screen now. He, he's, he's biting his tongue. He doesn't want to say anything bad. But what, what do you got to say about, uh, you know, David Montgomery? Davis, and are you scared of the one and only Mike Davis? The Mike Davis. <laughs> I will own Mike Davis's handcuff. Uh, David Montgomery in every single league that I am possibly in. Like I was talking about charity leagues, like Scott Fishbowl. I was the second earliest guy to draft this man. And I, I, so all the talk about Mike Davis, I will, I do not understand any of that. I, I do not understand constantly how people just get this love affair with their last year's stretch run league winners guys that helps you off the waiver wire people fall in love with these guys and they go to new situations and how many of them actually freaking pan out i don't understand all the mike davis love i don't think that he's a trash back i'm not saying that but this is a guy that let's put this in some context 13 he's the 31st highest paid running back in the nfl which is nothing he's basically on a one year contract so anybody wants to come at me with the money, I'm sorry. Go over to Spotrack, look at it, and figure out what the hell you're talking about before you come at me with that kind of noise. <laughs> but as far as David Montgomery, I don't want to hear any bullshit about the athleticism. This guy has got measurables and comps that are successful running backs in the NFL. He is immensely favorably comped athletically-wise. Everybody knows the Kareem Hunt stuff. But Mark Ingram, Carlos Hyde are two running backs at the top of my head that have the same measurables that have been very successful backs, RB1s, top 15 backs in this league. This is a guy that the Bears traded up 14 spots when they did not have very much capital to get. He walks into a backfield, and everybody talks about Jordan Howard, and the stat that you'll hear just beat to hell and back is 270 touches last year. (laughs) The other way to look at that is he is walking into a 55% opportunity share. And that is lowballing it. If you look at what Nagy has done, he tried to feed Jordan Howard in the first three weeks of the season last year. Jordan Howard proved he has got oven mitts for hands and can't catch shit. And then decided, okay, well now we need to work in Tariq Cohen. And they went based off the matchups and they went more matchup dependent instead of Nagy having a workhorse running back because if you look back even far, be kind to rewind to his Kansas City days. After he took over the OC role in Kansas City, Kareem Hunt languished in a 60% opportunity share the three weeks before Nagy took over. After that, outside of week 17 when they sat the starters, he never saw less than an 84% opportunity share. So looking at David Montgomery walking in apples to apples to a Jordan Howard role at 55%, that could be lowballing it. And I don't even have him projected for 80%. I have him projected for 60%. 235 carries, 50 targets. This guy is going to eat this year. I think that, and this is not me hating on Tariq Cohen. I don't think that Tariq Cohen is going away. And I think Mike Davis is going to be sprinkled in. I got him for 80 carries. I got Tariq Cohen. If the backfield doesn't change volume-wise at all, Tariq Cohen at 80 targets in all of this projecting. And so for David Montgomery, even if you want to look at historic-wise, over the last four years on average, three rookies each season have been in the top 20 running backs in fantasy points per game. Those 12 running backs have averaged 17.4 touches per game and 9.8 touchdowns. Last year, the the Howard role, like everybody talks about, averaged 16.8 touches per game and had nine touchdowns. Now, my projection for David Montgomery is 16.7 touches per game and nine total touchdowns. I think the guy is going woefully underdrafted. I have him as a middling RB2 with upside to to peak into that RB1 territory. But the fact that the last time I looked at Fantasy Football Calculator, he was going as the RB20. And to me, that is still a bargain because I think the upside is there for him to eclipse that all freaking day. 
and now I will drop the mic and stop talking, and y'all can rebuttal me. Oh, you hear that passion? Oh, yeah. Drop the mic. Wow. You hear that passion in his voice? Yeah. I think he loves you. Learn today. He loves That's this guy. Happened, he dude. loves this guy as much as I did Jimmy Graham last year. Do you hear the passion in his voice? <laughs> that, don't say that. That didn't work wow. out well for you, dude. Well, that was last year. <laughs> well, that, that was I want to say one thing about David Montgomery. I agree with everything Derek said, but. Dude, they were ranked fourth last in offensive line efficiency according to Football Outsiders. They didn't make any, you know, upgrades. But there's someone that people forget about. What's his name? Isn't that like Kyle Long or something like that? You know, dude, the splits with Kyle Long, if he plays more than eight games, are absolutely mouthwatering. So uh, we kind of alluded to the quant edge. If you go over there, check out the injury impact tool because if you sign up for a free account right now before it goes back behind the paywall. You can check this out. Kyle Long splits, and this dude plays 16 games. If you uh, also, if you subscribe, to, if you go over and look at what Brandon Thorne is doing, all of the, his work with offensive lines for the new Establish the Run, he's got the Bears at least last time I looked. I want to say it's a top 10 offensive line. So any kind of hate that people got for this offensive line, they need to wake up. Yeah, it's it's a nonsense argument because you realize right. they didn't have going healthy. But, Dad, what do you guys say about David Montgomery? Anything quick? You know, Derek said it all. I mean, just like he said, the Bears traded up to get the guy, right? I think he's going to handle uh, most of the 250 carries that Jordan Howard had. Um, Nagy loves the guy. Head coach Nagy loves him. He says he's a three-down – he's with great three-down skills. Uh, he's the total package. Um, yeah, you want to watch something really awesome, go watch the video of when they drafted David Montgomery – and Nagy and Ryan Pace were on the phone with the guy, and Nagy looks like a kid in a candy shop, like he can't stop grinning. So yeah. I don't want to go too far down narrative street, but if you want to watch a head coach that is happy as hell about a guy that's mm-hmm. going to walk in and dominate his backfield, look at uh, Nagy's face on that video. Yeah, so they're excited for it. Our man Debro's excited for it, yeah, oh yeah. and I think fantasy owners should be too. So he, he so just another thing on him, he's, he was probably likely the best pure runner in the draft who's already shown in college that he's a workhorse back. So And, and then, like Derek said, he offers more in a passing game than Howard ever did. Yep, so uh, in my opinion, he's, he's going to be the highest-scoring rookie running back, but there's a guy named Josh Jacobs going ahead of him. Who do you like more in fantasy points, Dad? I like Montgomery. I'm not going to ask Derek because I know the answer to that. (laughs) But, yeah, I think – I like Jacobs. I do. But I I think Gruden is more likely to do some kind of shiftiness than Nagy will as far as, like – because everybody wants to talk about you got Cohen, you got Rashard, two pass-catching backs. And I trust Nagy to ride Montgomery more than I trust Gruden to give the full workload to Josh Jacobs, put it that way. Plus he's in a better – I think Montgomery's in a better offense in Chicago. Hell, yes. Absolutely, and a better defense backing him, more positive game scripts. More scripts. positive game script. And then we mentioned that Kyle Long split, so run success rate is up 8% when he plays, and explosive run percentage is, is almost doubled whenever Kyle Long's in the game. So he's healthy, and that's going to help out a lot for Dave Montgomery. Now, there's guys that people love. Derek's guy is David Montgomery. Your guy most seasons before he is in top notch is Devontae Adams. So Devontae Adams is my number one wide receiver going into this year. Not knocking Hopkins. I just think, you know, just give me Devontae Adams over Hopkins. Right. But I'll have you go. What do you ask about Devontae Adams? So, so, you know, uh, the Packers offense last year struggled when when, uh, Rodgers only threw for 25 touchdowns. That's one reason why my my love for Jimmy Graham was so good and he didn't get the touchdowns because Rodgers didn't throw him. Right? So – Devontae Adams finished as the number three wide receiver in fantasy, despite, like I just said, Rodgers throwing only 25 touchdowns. So this, if one thing this is going to tell you, it should tell you how high this guy's ceiling is because Rodgers is going to throw more than 25 touchdowns this year, and most of them are going to go to Devontae Adams. So he's ranked the top 13 among wide receivers in PPR in three straight seasons. He's racked up 169 targets last year, which is, was the second most among wide receivers, which 169 targets is a lot of targets getting thrown his way. Uh, he's always been a fantasy stud. Uh, when he's on the field, he still remains an elite wide receiver, and he is my wide receiver number one. I'd take him first over. Not nothing against Hopkins, but I would take him over Hopkins. Yeah, he was the number one wide receiver actually last year in fantasy, and this dude was as consistent as they come. Sure. He was top five twenty percent of the time last year. That that's insane. He was top twelve fifty four percent of the time. So this guy just dominated. And you mentioned how he gets those touchdowns. And he does. He was number third, number one in red zone target share with 44.3%. That's ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. 
Jarvis Landry is also up there, and so is A.J. Green. He was 10th in end zone target share, but all he does is score touchdowns. That's what I feel like Devontae Adams does. He was 6th in air yards, 2 to back it up, and 2nd in red zone receptions. And he's also good after the catch. He was 4th in the league in yards after the catch. So he just does it all. And then on top of that, he doesn't have a guy like Tom Savage thrown to him. He doesn't have a Brock Osweiler thrown to him. He has Aaron Rodgers thrown to him, and he has a chemistry. And that's like one of the underlooked things you really know how to measure is the chemistry with the quarterback. And, and, the, pa- and the Packers you, are going to be a better team this year too, even with Aaron Jones in the backfield. I, yeah. I think they're going to be a, a they're going to be a team to reckon with. Yeah, and and Devontae Adams got to a slow start in his career, but then once he figured out what Rodgers wanted him to do, and we realized in the NFL Rodgers has more say in what the wide receivers play than any other quarterback or coaching staff. It's like, oh, I like this guy. He's going to be on the field. But he just knows what Devontae Adams is going to do, and Devontae Adams knows what Aaron Rodgers wants to do. So he'll just not even be looking, making those he'll cut in the end zone, and then touchdown. And Debro, you have Devontae Adams as your number one, number two, number three. Where do you have him ranked when you're wide receivers? He's not going to fall outside the top three. For me, he's still my number one, uh, and I'll put my money where my mouth is. I took him in the first round in Scott Fishbowl. So I'm all in. I think that that you have uh, two differing schools of thought with Devontae Adams. You have people that love him, keep him as the number one, and fully believe in him. You have other people that are fading him and talking about, well, he's not going to sit here. I feel like he's one of the guys that is so maligned every single year. Like, what was it last year? Oh, he's never had a 1,000-yard season. And the giant uh, conundrum that a lot of people wanted to throw out there at me was like, okay, Mike Evans versus Devontae Adams. And I was like, (laughs) it's Adams. Come on. Are you serious? Don't even come at me with that. You know, Paul's talking about <laughs> Rodgers uh, and his touchdown percentages, and that that is – the touchdowns are coming. Oh, yeah. It's going to oh, happen. Yeah. Last year was a huge outlier, and not in the good way for Aaron Rodgers. No. But it wasn't just the touchdowns. If you look at this offense overall, in the last four years that Aaron Rodgers has played a full 16 games, so they have been top 10 in red zone scoring attempts per game in every single year, so 2016, 2015, 2014, all top 10. 2018, they dropped to 22nd in red zone scoring attempts per game. And people are like, well, yeah, but the the touchdowns, and I don't know if he comes back and stuff like that. Okay, if they're in the red zone more often, even if the touchdowns go in different directions, they're going to be in the red zone more often. And they want to talk about, okay, well, he led the NFL in red zone targets. All right, that's fine. But if you look at where those targets are, even talking about can he repeat as the number one? Yes, he led the the NFL in red zone targets. But if you look at 10 zone targets inside the 10-yard line, he still did not have a ton of those. Like only 26% of his red zone targets came inside the 10. And we're, we're trying to figure out what LaFleur is going to do. We're trying to understand how this offense is going to look before we see it because we really don't know because LaFleur didn't have a quarterback to the acumen of an Aaron Rodgers. He didn't have all the offensive weapons last year in Tennessee that he has to play with this year. So what is this offense going to look like? Well, if you look at LaFleur's de facto number one last year, Corey Davis, yeah, he only had 15 red zone targets, but 60% of that came inside the 10. Devontae Adams, like I said, only saw 26%. So even if the red zone target volume goes down, as the number one, unquestioned number one in this offense, if he gets more targets inside the 10, closer to the goal line, he is going to absolutely repeat in the touchdown column, if not surpass that this year. Devontae Adams, number one wide receiver. I love it. I don't say anything. It's easy. It's easy as it goes. And he had 21.8 fantasy points per game and only eight targets inside of 10. For perspective, Hopkins had 15. Michael Thomas had 14. Juju had 11. You give him above 10, that's two extra targets inside of 10. And this guy converts at a high rate when he gets in the end zone because he has Aaron Rodgers. And only two players in the league had more targets shared in him in their respective offenses. And that's, of course, DeAndre Hopkins and then someone named Keenan Allen. I don't get what people are keep sleeping on this man Keenan Allen for. Um, you know, he's kind of good. It's egregious. It's it, egregious. Oh, yeah, it's it's crazy. Keenan Allen right now is currently going as the wide receiver 10. So he's getting some more respect. He's going off draft boards a little bit. He passed Adam Thielen recently and passed T.Y. Hilton. And 
like I said, he was second in target share with 29.2%. He was 11th in the league in targets, and that's only 15 games. All right? And then they mentioned Keenan Allen. You think slot guy, you know, good release. You don't really think an end zone monster. But he was 20th in the league in red zone target share. And when he was on the field, he was 5th in hog rate. So that's targets per snap. So when he's out on the field actually lining up, he's getting targeted at a heavy rate. And he was ninth in the league in red zone receptions. And then 12th in air yards. So he's getting down the field, even though he's in the slot. And he played in the slot 49.2% of the time. I don't see what people hate this guy. You're, you're Philip Rivers' favorite target, and I don't have the splits in front of me of what the splits are with Melvin Gordon and without Melvin Gordon, but based on what I see on the field, my guess is he's going to get more targets. And yes, Hunter Henry's coming back, but I believe he's actually more effective when Hunter Henry is in the game. And how do you feel about Keenan Allen this year, Dad? You know, with Terrell Williams being gone, I look for Allen to play in a perimeter much more. Uh, the Chargers, they, they lost about 110 targets last year. Um, from the departure of Williams, who went to Oakland, and Antonio Gates, who retired. Now, like you said, uh, Hunter's coming back. You got Mike Williams on the outside. He's going to eat up some of them shares. So, I mean, Al- I believe Allen could see more targets this year than he did last year. It's the same offense, same QB, safe bet he will finish with the same numbers as last year, if not more. Yeah. What about you, D-Bro? You like, you obviously, I think. So, I mean, like now you got the thing Allen. in there, too, with uh, Melvin Gordon. So, he I mean, they're still going to run the ball. Maybe they won't run as much as if Gordon was there. So we'll have to see what happens. But, I mean, it's it's, it's going to be still a good offense. I I love Keenan Allen. I put an article out about him uh, for fantasy data, so head over and check that out. I Dude, I don't understand why people just hate on Keenan Allen. I, I don't know if it's like, okay, well, he was hurt before or – he gets characterized as, okay, he's a slot wide receiver, which, dear God, I, I don't understand why that's a bad thing. I never understand why like anybody comes at him. It's like, he's just a slot wide receiver. <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry. like So a wide receiver that plays at the easiest part off the line gets separation. Matt Harmon, if you go check out any of his work, has shown slot targets are more valuable than outside targets. They're better targets. I don't understand why that is such a detriment when people are like, eh, he's just a slot wide receiver. (laughs) Well, first of all, Keenan Allen is not just a slot wide receiver. So let's let's just throw that out the window. But I love Keenan Allen because of the value that he presents, man. If you look at the last three years, this dude has played at least eight games, a fantasy points per game basis. He's either met or outplayed his ADP and finishes a top 12 wide receiver in fantasy points per game, which I don't care about the end of the season rankings. That shit doesn't matter to me so much as when you're on the field, what are you doing? Because at the end of the season, part of those rankings play into health. A guy that plays 12 games versus a guy that plays 16 games. Oh, he's the wide receiver 12. He's the wide receiver 24. Okay. One guy played 12 games. He was better when he was on the field. That's why I told everybody last year, buy into Robert Woods. He is a stud, and you saw what he did last year. Absolutely. And so getting back to Keenan Allen, people need to put respect on this man's name when it comes out of their mouth because in 2018 he was only one of four wide receivers that finished with 90 or more receptions, 115 or 1,150 or more receiving yards, and a 70% or better catch rate. The other guys in that realm were DeAndre Hopkins Adam Thielen, and Michael Thomas. And I hear a lot of respect on their names when it's thrown out, but you don't hear the same for Keenan Allen. So give me all the Keenan Allen I can muster. I will have him on every single freaking team because the guy is the alpha dog in that offense. He's had nothing less than a 25.5% target share over his last four seasons. And we talk about this Chargers offense overall. They are quietly amazing. Top 10 in passing yards, passing touchdowns, and yet net yards gain per passing attempt in each of the last four years. So give me all the Keenan Allen I can muster. I will take it all day. You can give me all of those shares and I will absolutely ride home with that trophy in my possession at the end of the year. Nice. I yeah. Love it. He's underrated and it also helps when your quarterback's accurate when you throw to him. And he was seventh in the league in target accuracy. So I'll take that too. It helps, you know, Keenan Allen, good player. Maybe it's because he's bald. I don't really know. Maybe that's why he does get love. Sorry, Derek. <laughs> hey, bald and beautiful, okay? Yeah, people, I don't exactly. know. You, you better put some respect on that bald and beautiful. <laughs> hey, you better. Okay? Now, I respect your elders. 
<laughs> in uh, in drafts, you have to make a decision between Keenan Allen and T.Y. Hilton. Who are you taking? I'll go my dad, then I'll go Derek. Um, I'll take Keenan Allen. Oh, I know where this is coming from. I saw this on Twitter. It's Keenan Allen or T.Y. Hilton. Who, who are you going, Derek? Who'd you go, Paul? You, I went Allen. You are a smart man. Yeah. You are a smart man. You are wise in your years. You go Allen all day. Allen or Cooper? This is where I guess. These are decisions you got to make in drafts right now, and I. Just we talk too damn much. You know this is a conundrum for me. Um. Nah. Oh shit! <laughs> I lean Amari Cooper barely, and that's be... only because he has less to contend with. Yeah. That's the only reason I have them back to back in my rankings, like they're ninth and tenth. They're both going to be fantastic. And then in offense. Who are you going? Come on, Dad. On the clock, your time is running out. You got to take, take Allen. All right, Allen or Thielen. This is where I have a really hard. Uh, it's problem. it's Allen, no problem. No problem. For it's Allen for me. Yeah, really? All right. And then last but not least, you have Mike Evans or Keenan Allen. Now, that's a tough one for me. Well, yeah, it's not supposed to be easy questions, dude. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go Evans. I go Evans. I have Evans above him in my in my rankings, and I think that there's a lot of different things that, that tie into that. I think that the Buccaneers are going to be a shit team when it comes to running the ball this year. Their offensive line is still absolute yeah. garbage. Mike Evans is still going to be a target hog. Arians loves to throw the damn ball down the field. And three of the last six years, uh, as an offensive coordinator or head coach, his offenses have finished in the top 10 in passing yards and passing attempts per game. Um, I, yeah, um, I'm going to lean with Evans for that. And I know Chris Godwin gets a lot of love, but Mike Evans is still the number one there. Absolutely. I agree with that. All right. Now, the only way you're going to have this decision most likely is if you're at the end of the second round. So there's spots in the drafts, you know, some leagues you get to pick where you want to draft. Sometimes you're like let known ahead of time of like, oh, you get to pick, you get the four spot, you get the six spot. So in a 12 team league, what is, what's your ideal, what's your favorite draft range? You, you thinking you go like the middle, you like, you like the early on, you like the end of the turn at the end of the first round. Yeah, I've, I've always taken the middle. Um, so for middle sakes, I'm going to say middle, even though this year I'm going to change it up. I'm not going to tell people what I'm doing yet, but, Let's just say it's the middle take because that's what I've always done. All right, and then Derek, what about you? Where do you like to draft? I uh, so I I've kind of switched up a little bit. I, I I'm a big turn guy, honestly, but my draft strategy has switched up a little bit as news has kind of come out. But I, I still prefer the term, uh, the turn in uh, twelve team leagues. It a lot of that has to come with I like the sandwich picks and I like a lot of the value you can get at that spot. Now, like if if it's either one or the other, I hate how long you wait between picks. Sure. Yep. But I, I would absolutely still love to be in that one of those top four spots for one of the running backs that falls there. Um, I, I would absolutely love that as well. But if it's somebody giving me the choice of a spot, give me the turn. Give me the 12th spot all day. 12th spot. Wow. All right. And then my favorite, I'd say like right now I'm looking at, I like the seven or eighth pick. I don't, I don't know what it is about that. I feel like I have a good chance of landing Hopkins, David Johnson, or Devontae Adams pretty well there. And so my next question with this is your pick is like, what's your ideal, like if in a perfect scenario, not like saying, Oh, I can get Kamara Zeke and David Johnson like that. But like in an ideal scenario of a snake draft, your ideal first four picks at that spot. So you mentioned middle. So, so if I'm, at, if I'm drafting five, six or seven, I'm targeting David Johnson right there. All right. If David Johnson is gone, I am by far taking a wide receiver in Adams right there. All right, so one of those two, and then the second round comes around. Who are you looking at? Second round coming back. If I'm looking at at a running back, I, I do like Damian Williams. I do like Chubb. I don't know if Chubb will be there at that spot. But if I were to go wide receiver there, it would be Evans or Brown. All right, and then third round? Third round coming in, if, if I'd, I'd, I'd reach for Mack or carry on Johnson if I needed a, a, a wide receiver. I mean, a running back, sorry, if it's a – Wide receiver I'm looking at there would be Diggs or Cooper I'd be targeting. All right, and then lastly in the fourth round, who are you looking? This is where a lot of value is. You got, you know. So there's only one running back I'm looking for in there, and that's David Montgomery. If I was looking for wide receiver right there, it would go in this. It would go in this order. It would be Godwin, Landry, and Woods. Landry. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I would take Land. I would. I would reach a little bit for Landry. Damn, you disrespected my boy. But we're not gonna talk about who that is yet. Derek, I'll have you start. <laughs> 
<laughs> your ideal first four rounds would be at the 12 pick. So I hate 12 pick this year. I, yeah, I, I like don't the think 10 I more. can do the 12 pick. That, that's, that's, I see why. That's first tough. round is pretty because what's your ideal well, scenario with the first four picks? I know you're like this is perfect for D-Bro range, honestly. <laughs> so uh, so if, if I'm drafting from the 12th spot, yeah. that's what we're going with. Uh, personally, so my philosophy, usually in redraft, I have always been a running back, running back guy. Because I think that the bell cows are so few and far between that I feel like you need to hammer that spot early. Now, with some of the injuries that we've seen come out lately, Julian Edelman, he's going to be fine, but he's got a broken thumb. Uh, We've seen A.J. Green fall to pieces. Some of those things have kind of changed and swayed what I think you do with that 12th spot. And for me, I lean towards going wide receiver, wide receiver. So the first and second rounds, if you go over to a fantasy football calculator, the guys that are going at the 112 spot, both of them, which if that's the case, you can theoretically get Michael Thomas and Julio Jones as your 112 and 2-1 picks. And that, my friends, is absolute freaking insanity, considering that there's no way that those guys finish outside the top even all right, range of outcomes. There's no way that those two wide receivers are going to finish outside the top five, top seven wide receivers. Like that, that is just not going to happen. So if I can sandwich Michael Thomas and Julio Jones in those first two picks, or hell, even if one of them goes early, if you throw Odell Beckham in the mix Ooh. there, if I can put Michael Thomas and OBJ back to back. It's so nasty. You're gonna so you're gonna get the live draft nasty. making those picks and then running around the table or something with your hot your honey whiskey in hand. I would I would draw I would go pantsless, I'd be running around shirtless, I I would be showing everything out. If I end up with those two wide receivers, I'll be like, look, I don't care if I'm in and I'm not in any damn standard leagues. I don't give a shit if I'm in a standard league, I don't care if I'm in half point, I don't care if I'm in PPR. Both those dudes are going to end up with 8 to 12, maybe even 15 touchdowns this year. And I will be just dancing naked around the freaking table. People will just be like, all right, you got to get naked. out of the room for your he third and fourth round picks. He said naked. He said naked. Dance around naked. Uh, yeah, yeah, hey. I will. I mean, Johnson will be hanging out for the third and fourth pick. <laughs> I, if I get those two wide receivers, two of those three, So if you get those two wide receivers, who are you looking at in the third, fourth round turn? I know David Montgomery is the answer for one of them, but. Yes, yeah. uh, Dave Montgomery is the answer in the fourth round. Now, whichever one of these running backs falls to me in the third, I will happily. I have a tier of third round running backs that I will snatch up if I can get any one. I, I I love Marlon Mack and I love Carryon Johnson. I think both of those guys have RB one upside and potential. And I know Mack. People talk about okay, well he he's not going to catch passes, and they have <laughs> Naheem Hines and. This dude is going to run behind a top five at worst offensive line this year. He has an upper echelon, possibly QB one under center. You want touchdowns in 12 games off the top of my head. I think he scored nine. If he plays 16 games, this dude has in his upper range of outcomes of scoring 15 touchdowns, 12 touchdowns. If he does that, And he gets fed the ball because the Colts have a good defense, a very underrated defense. He could easily finish as an RB1 that you grab in the third round. Everybody loves Kerryon Johnson. He's getting a lot of play. So either one of those running backs in the third round, I will absolutely snatch up, put Derrick Henry in the mix there, but he's below those other two running backs. And for the fourth round, David Montgomery, lock, smash, all day. And I will be just laughing to the damn bank with rolling out my two top five wide receivers, my other two running backs that have RB one potential, top fifteen at worst. And I mean that what what people just need to mail me the trophy if that happens in the first four rounds, man, because it's gonna happen. You might sell me on that twelfth spot. Oh jeez. That all right. Well, <laughs> I will say awesome. that you are you were wrong about the Mac thing. You know, you said that he he may finish as an RB one. That's that's just you are fake news. It's just fake news. All right. He he will finish as an RB one. It's, it's not wow. even. It's not even knowing. He will finish as an RB one. I love Marlon Mack, and that's why I like the seven spots. Let me tell you real quick. Devontae Adams round one. All right. That's that's worst case scenario. 
you can get Hopkins or David Johnson right there, but preferably Devontae Adams right there. Then you you go back around with some dude named Dalvin Cook. I don't know. I think he's you know he's pretty. You ain't gotta sell. No, I gotta sell him on him. And then coming around third round, you get a Marlon Mack. All right, that that's an ideal three round start right there. And then the fourth round, you're sitting looking at Chris Godwin or Robert Woods right there. And that that's just music mm-hmm. to my ears. You give me that stability with upside in Devontae Adams. You give me a running back that has stability because he's going to get that touch each week in the upgraded offensive line. He has the upside for top five. You give me Marlon Mack, who's going to be a top 10 running back this year. And then you give me Chris Godwin or Robert Woods, who are both going to be top 24 worst-case scenario I see it as. So, hey, I'll take that for a start. And there's no, I, I don't know. I like a lot of draft spots this year. I can do anything. There's no challenge for me because I'm gonna outdraft you. There's no challenge, really. Yeah, no, you're going down this year, bro. It's not gonna be close. You have to bring up last year. Again. Yeah, you go ahead, bring up last year. This is a new year. What happened last year? Why don't you tell the people? I don't want to tell I'm them. Sick you can of tell them that you didn't win at all. <laughs> I'm sick of telling them you lost every da- every damn time against me. Yeah. So you were uh, after five. after did your dad take out the whooping stick? He took, did he get I, you? I did not beat him in a single matchup. Bro, last I was year five and zero like, against oh! him. So hey, he beat you with Jimmy Graham. Did that happen too? He's on my team. Yep, old school Paul, oh. five and zero. Oh. oh my God! After last season's your dad, miseries, your dad Jimmy five Graham spiked on you, Dustin. <laughs> what? How the hell? I don't man? know what happened, but then I had to go cry in my room for a whole off season. You don't and all of a sudden, when the, May, the no, 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 when, scores, when, when, when May came around, I'm back on my grind. And I'm not, you know, you're, it's over. Your year. dad went old man strong. He went yeah. like full Frank Gore <laughs> stiff arm in your ass every single and, and week. He could, <laughs> and, he, and he couldn't get up, Derek. And he couldn't get up. <laughs> oh, oh, so never mind. You didn't Frank Gore him. You Vance McDonald. Oh, no. Like he, he got yes, put on the yes. IR after he faced you. Oh. It, it wasn't pretty last no, year. You know, who's la- you know who's laughing right now, don't Stompy's you? Stompy's laughing. Is Stompy laughing loves it. All the way to the bank right now. All right, dude. Well, this year's different. It's, it's not going to be. You're going to you can enjoy it right now. But right now, I'm. Dude, I'm, I got more knowledge this year than I had last year. What do you year. think you're, I had? You you're think in I got trouble, s- dude. You're in trouble, bro. You think I got worse? No, you're not going to. Dude, gonna do you don't it. even know what's coming up. I mean, for I think you. he's telling you you didn't get better. So Damn. Like, you, so whenever you, whenever you make your picks this year and you say you take Demonte Adams first round, I'm going to take that sticker and put it underneath my tag. Well, I'm gonna have all these happen. players. Cause we're. I'm gonna be in your head man. on draft day. You're not gonna know what to do. I feel like I need a live stream. Y'all need to live stream one of these drafts, man. Y'all need to periscope this shit because this is oh, awesome. Nah, I'm gonna be in your head all draft. Yeah, I'm gonna have man, you taking Jimmy Graham in the first round. It's not gonna. Happen. Yeah. He, well, he's gonna get more. Justin than streaking around the room after he gets to uh, Dalvin Cook in the second round. He's getting more than three <laughs> touchdowns this year. Hey, we'll see. Now, there's guys in drafts you want to reach for. And I think that's also a common theme in drafts. You're like, okay, I really like this guy. Who am I? How far am I going to reach for this guy? That's the question. For me, Stefan Diggs, I'll take him first overall. That's okay. I'll take it. Not really. That wouldn't be smart. But you don't want to do reaches that are like plausible. You don't want to take, say you're high on Paul Richardson. You don't want to take Paul Richardson in the fourth round. There's just no point for that. Like, what are you doing to yourself other than to make people laugh at you? So in the first six, seven rounds, other than David Montgomery, Derek, I know that's the answer. Did you reach in the third <laughs> round for him? Who was the guy that you would you willing to reach like a round or two on? So one of the guys that I have been outspoken on Twitter and I do not understand. Everybody loves, just loves the Cardinals offense. Oh boy, here we go. And I know you're gonna go there. That's not where I'm going. No, I was gonna go Christian Kirk, but I've already touted him enough. I can't you, go Christian Kirk. I don't give away the show sheet now, no. Justin. Okay, hold on, hold on a second. The guy that I got to get on my team that doesn't get enough love. I've been touting him your entire offseason. Oh, whoa. Dante Pettis. Give me every share. Every give me share. all the Dante Pettis. Throw it on my team, and I will take it happily. This dude is – this offense is going to be so different this year with Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo under center. Pettis has immense upside. If you look at last year and stuff, it was an outlier in the sense that they finished 20th in passing attempts in seven out of 11 years with Kyle Shanahan as an OC or head coach. They have been top 10. Don't come at me when Nick Mullins play great. That is more of on the coaching staff and Kyle Shanahan putting him in good spots. I don't want to hear anything about Big Dick Nick and him <laughs> playing amazing, and he's better than Jimmy G. Get the hell out of here with that shit. Dante Pettis was the number one in the league at target separation. Dude is a boss. They are going to feed him this year. I, You know what? 
I don't want to hear about your Debo Samuel either. Look at Dante Pettis. Last year, he was worked in slow into this offense. Debo Samuel comes in here. He is going to be worked in. He is not going to out-target Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis has top 15 upside. If I can, I will reach for him. I will take him in the sixth all day long. I will take him in the fifth if I freaking have to. He will be on my teams. And the rest of y'all can suck it. Oh, yeah. And now, when you say reach, say you have a... Uh... I believe it would be late. It would be late. It would be like a – no, it would be early. So you have an early fourth, fifth round pick. Say you're at the one pick in the drafts, right? Say you get the first pick. You take Saquon. You get Mike Evans. You get Antonio Brown, whatever. Then come around that four or five turn. You know, like say Dante Pass is not going to make it back to you at that uh, – I believe it's going to be the seven, eight turn, right? No, four or five. I six, will take six. him early if I have So to. early fifth? And, and I'll, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump the shark with the answer here. here I I will take him early if I have to. I'm a massive proponent of team hashtag get you guys. Team hashtag get so you guys. if you believe in these players, why in the hell would you not? Like at a certain point, like I get ADP and every league is different. Your home leagues are gonna be softer than any industry league. And if you feel like somebody like you're in a room full of suckers and they're going by ADP. And Dante Pettis is way down the list. And you know you don't have to do that? Look, I get it. I get it. Don't, 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 don't jump that. If you're in a room full of people that know their shit and you know he is not going to get back to you, take your guy. Because if you don't, you're going to be sitting there staring at the draft board when it comes back around to you, crying in your freaking hands and saying, I got a guy. And you get your guy. Get the players you believe right. in. Because, get, look, part of this is if you take the time and you look into the numbers, you believe in the players, go after them. Yeah. Be aggressive. The other part of this is fantasy is supposed to be fun. You want to have players on your teams that you want to freaking root for. You don't want to end up with, like, some kind of garbage player that you're like, all right, well, I guess he's a value, but I don't <laughs> like him. Nah, man, get your dudes. Get your guy. Yeah, get your guy. That's the way to do it. I like it. Get your guy. Who's your guy you want to reach for on the first six, you seven know, rounds? This is, gonna, this is going to sound foolish because of the news out there today with A.J. Green. So people are going to say, well, you're just saying that because he said that. No, we, I did the research here a couple of days ago, and this is a guy who was going around the 6-7 spot. He's now going in the 5-11 spot. I would take him end of the fourth, early fifth. What, early, if, what about mid-fourth, early fourth? Um, it all depends because so be- I like some other players in that area too. And the guy I'm talking about is Tyler Boyd. I mean, now with, yes. with the news now to A.J. Green, it, it almost looks like it's he's an easy guy that you can pick. But like I said, I, I did all this research before the news came out. So last year he had a great third-year breakout, right? He had 72 catches for 1,028 yards, seven touchdowns. Even when Green was healthy, Boyd ranked 12th in PPR over the first eight weeks of the season. I think he's going to get over 100 looks and is poised for a, a highly efficient targets this year. Uh, with with A.J. Green as a starter before the news happened, he's an ideal wide receiver three, but no problem taking my wide receiver two. Well, that's all changed now with the news, news to A.J. Green because who knows how many games he's going to miss. And now he's got injuries on both of his feet. So, uh, Tyler Boyd, get him in all your drafts. Like, De- like Derek said, get your guys. Yeah, and I have guys I love. And I'm passionate about the guys I love. See, I'm a passionate lover when it comes to fancy football wide receivers, Dad. <laughs> and that's just the way it is. But Follow that under things that you never say in front of your dad. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's why God. I said when it comes never. to fancy football. You go on a t-shirt. <laughs> things you don't say in front of your dad. I am a passionate lover. Yes. <laughs> All right, and drop, drop When it, it, when it comes to wide receivers. <laughs> now. I'm glad he added wide receivers. I was, that. That was the whole point of the joke, dude. I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right we're just getting on you that's all now people know christian kirk's my guy but go ahead, go ahead. sorry justin christian kirk <laughs> yeah but it's not him like yeah i'll reach for christian kirk that's already been known like i've made a standpoint on that on twitter i've made it on the podcast uh last podcast especially yeah that's but that's what the show sheet yeah. says justin. yeah but that's, that's what i got so you're not going justin christian no kirk? i threw a curveball out there there's a guy i want to get right. in the fourth round and i don't care it's tyler lockett Oh, 
Ooh. Oh, I love how to lock it. Just oh, hold on. Give me a second. Oh, we're going to give you a second. Just, this dude. Love, love, love him gently. Justin, just <laughs> when, love him gently. When you throw your wide receiver. Not passionately. A, well, all right, all right. When you throw your wide receiver <laughs> a ball. <laughs> when you throw him a ball, you you want your wide receiver to catch the ball. You know, that, that's what I want to see in my wide receiver is someone who catches the ball. And what's even better is when you have zero drops. So Tyler Lockett does that. He does not drop passes. He, he just catches all of them. And then, you know, you want to see a good QBR when you throw to your wide receiver. I, you know, I like to have success when you throw to wide receivers. And a perfect quarterback rating when throwing to Tyler Lockett. That's what Russell Wilson had. He was 12th in the league in target separation. In last season, he played the slot 49.7% of the time. He had 29 targets in the slot, 26 receptions, and five touchdowns. It's a perfect QBR, by the way, with the 13 average at the target. And people are like, oh, yeah, he's in the slot that much, but he can't play outside. Uh, wrong. Right receiver, 33 targets, 27 receptions, five touchdowns again, and a nice little 14.5 average at the target with another perfect QBR, courtesy of the Quant Edge wide receiver cornerback matchup tool. You guys got to go over there, use code FSFF to save today. It just, it's, so, it's so great. So there's vacated targets in this offense. There's 120 vacated targets. And, you know, last year he was number one in yards per target with 13.6. He was fourth in catch rate, 80.3%. But his true catch rate was 96.6%, second in the league. You factor in that they're the most run-heavy team that puts him number one in the league in production premium. It accounts for that bad offense. And... I just don't get it. Number one in fancy points per target. Sixth in fancy points per pass route. And there's different scenarios this year. I think Brian Schottenheimer wants to be run heavy. Yeah, he wants to run the ball all these plays, but he's not going to be able to. The defense, they lost some key guys. You don't have Cam Chancellor anymore. You don't have Earl Thomas anymore. You lost Frank Clark. Yeah, you re-signed Bobby Wagner, which is, you'd be better of re-signing Bobby Wagner. They got Ezekiel Ansa, but their defense is not going to be as good, and that's going to kind of— And they just lose somebody else, too? I think so. Uh, suspension, or— Yeah, I think it was a four-game suspension. I forget what it was, but it was another yeah. key defensive member, and that just—you know, they're going to they're gonna be behind in games now and not going to have the will to just run the ball 40 times a game and whatnot. Hopefully, DK Metcalf helps air, like, you know, stretch the field a little bit more, so when Lockett goes underneath, it's going to help him out. And I just think it's wheels up for Tyler Lockett. He's currently going as the wide receiver 23 in the fifth round, and I'm going to take him early in the fourth round. I will take him over Kenny Galladay. I'll take him over A.J. Green now. And if you get me between him and Robert Woods, I'm taking Lockett over Robert Woods, and that's hard for me to say. I think he's a top 24 wide receiver, no doubt, and he has the upside to finish as top 12. Yes, he was really efficient last year, but it's going to balance out with the increase in targets. And I, I'm just it's wheels up for my man Tyler Lockett, and I would reach for him in every draft. Justin, you talked about how good Lockett was from the slot. He, the, his slot percentage is going up this year. Yeah, Doug Baldwin was somewhere around that sixty percent mark in the past years. It's gonna happen, man. And that's not even narrative street. Like there was a, he was only within the slot. And quote me if I'm wrong, or correct me if I'm wrong. I'll put it that way. Forty nine percent last year. He's gonna get a ten percent jump. And as good as he is from the slot, that it's, it's gonna be so pretty. So when you, when you say you're reaching for him, so I God, said fourth round, early fourth round. Early, okay. So Godwin's going about the four eleven. Well, him or Godwin, this is why I'm hoping to have a turn pick. I can get both. <laughs> this is what I want in drafts. I'm okay, you don't have, have a turn pick. Who are you taking? I thought you wanted the seventh. You didn't yeah, want the turn, him, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah, if okay. I do, because that's what's going to be early right, four. Early, early fourth would be a turn pick. Forget but. it. You don't have the turn. You got them two staring staring at you in the face. Who are you taking? Shit. Lockett or Godwin? I'm going, going Lockett. Oh, if oh, I'm on the clock, I'm going Lockett. Oh, I had oh. to take Lockett. If that's that's gonna suck. They're both my two. Get your guy. Yeah, get your get guy. Your it's guy. gotta go lock it. I just, it's tough. You got the volume in one hand. Ah, if I'm going, well, I'll put it this way: you can't go wrong with either guy. No. To your to your point though, range of outcomes. We play the entire range of outcomes. Do you see, like you said, you see wide receiver one upside for Tyler Lockett, correct? Yeah. To back up your pick. Do you see wide receiver one upside for Chris Godwin if Mike Evans stays healthy? Honestly, yes. As you can be uh, at the back end not. of it, uh, I think really? I think that they're going to be such a high volume offense, and it's like a twelve spot. That's that's you, that's Mike. You, right? you see, I was going to say like I'm with you yeah. on the rocket see, I, because the, I don't see in Chris Godwin's range of outcomes for him to be a wide receiver. I see him being twelve, if anything, because they're going to be a high volume offense, and you know he's yeah. going to be on the field almost all the time, and you, you factor in the fact. That maybe my true. love for OJ Howard is a little bit stronger. I have OJ Howard love test the thing, so I don't know if all three can coexist like that. So you're probably right. The more likely right receiver one would be Lockett, and then top fifteen is probably Godwin too. But I love both those guys. You can't go wrong with any of them. Um, you no. know, they, they're just gonna get it done this year. Yeah. So basically, the the moral of the story is get your guys. You know, and 
the big guy, David Montgomery's Darius guy. You, you can't go wrong with you know. Just you heard. Just replay that for you. If you ever want to like think, if you ever like have a second guessing problem, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to take David Montgomery. Just go to the first like four minutes of this podcast when David when Derek starts talking, <laughs> and then that just reassure yourself right there. Like, oh yeah, that's why I want to take this guy over a, a little guy like Devonta Freeman. I think David Montgomery's gonna have more points than Devonta Freeman this year. I, I just uh, I'm all on board with David Montgomery, and once again. Just do yourself a service and go follow Debro on Twitter That's at right. Debro underscore FFB. What else are you doing in the industry right now, Derek? News. Uh, we are, me and uh, Benny Heiss over at Fantasy Sports Market are doing a Quantum Edge video series. We're putting out two to three videos every single week. Now, those videos come out depending on what's going on with the news or what's going on with player movement. Uh, our latest one is uh, discussing Tyler Boyd versus AJ Green and what to do with that fallout. Uh, we're going to be actually putting our next one out talking about the uh, Carolina Panthers wide receiver core here shortly. Uh, but we have that going on. I'm going to be ramping up my content with the Quant Edge. We are about to, like we talked about, Hall of Fame game, baby. That's right. So preseason DFS is coming. So get subscribed to the Quant Edge. Get all the juicy, beautiful tool usage over there. But, yeah, my content is going to be coming out for the Quant Edge. A few more articles in the works uh, for fantasy data at the moment. I have a uh, Chris Godwin article that I'm currently writing. So, uh, Justin, let's go. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I got another uh, dynasty piece that I'm going to have uh, on some juicy players to, you know, try to get as throw-ins for your trades that could be amazing. Like, we talked about Tyler Boyd, Paul. Yes. That would have been an amazing throw-in last yep. year, year before, in a trade that people could be just like, whoo sure, absolutely. oh Give me all, all of it in Dynasty. It. So that's the content I got going on right now. I just started a brand new podcast with my partner in crime, Aton Mosia, who just got hooked up writing with Number Fire. We drop episodes every Friday. So check us out on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, basically anywhere you can listen to podcasts. And yeah, it's uh, it's been good stuff, guys. Thank y'all for having me. This was an absolute blast. Follow my Twitter at JustinFSFF. The podcast Twitter at FatherSonFF. Listener to League sign up in the description below. YouTube channel. Go check that out. We have five-minute bonus episodes on there. Go go check that out. Subscribe if you guys are new. And, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. If there's one thing that i got to say before I get up out of here, uh, first, follow me on Twitter at Debro underscore FFB and all of your draft fit picks. And love them passionately. Mm-hmm.